Hi everyone and welcome to the Food and Drink Federation podcast. Um, I am David Thompson, I am the Chief Exec of the Food and Drink Federation in Scotland uh, and I'm joined today by my colleague Pete Robertson who's the Chief Exec of FDF uh, in Wales, FDF Cymru. Um, we're here today to give further reaction to the Scottish and Welsh elections. Uh, this time uh, we're not going to be talking about um, the, the results particularly or um, the process. Uh, what we're going to talk about is our, some of our thoughts, I think, about what the next few weeks and months will bring, uh, and in particular, uh, some informed uh, and educated guesses uh, and some uninformed speculation, probably, uh, uh, about how the parliaments will roll out in both Cardiff and Edinburgh. So I'm going to start with you, Pete, uh, and, and ask you to say a little bit about the state of play in Wales uh, as of today? Interest, interestingly, things have moved very quickly in Wales. Um, the result was quite a, a surprise. The expectation was there was going to be some uh, various different conversations around Clyde and Labour um, collaborations. However, Labour taking it all the way and effectively what you've got is the Cabinet was announced yesterday. So in terms of things moving really quickly, Mark, Mark Drakeford sworn in on Wednesday, Cabinet is announced yesterday, some significant changes in the Cabinet, but very much in, uh, for the food sector, the, you know, there was a one uh, startling change, uh, the previous economy minister, a chap called Ken Skates, who's been in, in post for a good five years, has actually stepped out of the Cabinet completely, they brought some younger people in, and interestingly for us, the previous um, DEFRA equivalent, let's call it that, which was Environment, Energy and Rural Affairs, has actually been split into two. So there's now a new position of a minister and a deputy minister for climate change. And we've also got uh, our previous minister in that position, Leslie Griffiths, who FDF Cymru are fortunate to have dealt with many times before. Leslie's now moved over to a portfolio that has got rural affairs in it. Uh, it's got uh, North Wales and it's got something called Trevinneth, which is effectively um, organiser of the business of the Senate itself. So things are moving really quickly. Um, the, obviously, what we've got at the moment, David, are titles. So the, the nuances of, of where the skills sit, where the various different other things sit, because ordinarily um, the previous role where skills apprenticeships in, in Wales sat under the economy brief. But that economy brief, Von Gethin, the, you know, the, the well-known health minister, Von Gethin, has now got the economy brief. But that economy brief has been slightly truncated because it did have transport in it. And transport has moved somewhere else. So there's, it's in, in short order, they've restructured the, the positions of the government, but also put people in place and brought additional extra ministers in. So it's, it's quite a dynamic change. Uh, interest, and, and that's a contrast to the... the the proposition that Labour put in the election, which was stable, steady, get ourselves out of the COVID, we know what we're doing, we've got the experience. So I think it's quite fascinating. That, 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 that is fascinating. It's a, it's a complete contrast to the, the more stately progress, I think, in Scotland. Um, um, though I, though I, have to, I have to comment that the minister, obviously the, the Cabinet Minister for Rural Affairs, North Wales and Trevinneth, means that's the Cabinet of, the acronym is RANT. Isn't it? So, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you guys worry about that. Oh, uh, uh, Les, 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 I would be very surprised if Leslie does that too often. She's a wonderful person. I'll, I'll, I'll let you work out what it is in Welsh as well. Um, the um, in Scotland, so by contrast, as I said, the um, uh, there is a kind of very simple process which uh, which has for the past number of times been uh, uh, something that takes a couple of weeks. So uh, yesterday, so uh, yesterday was Thursday the thirteenth. 
um, the presiding officer was voted in to the Scottish Parliament. So that's the equivalent of the Speaker in the House of Commons. Now, that was interesting because, if you'll remember, uh, the SNP had 64 MSPs, um, which is higher than previously, uh, but is still one short of an absolute majority. Um, the Greens have um, a, a higher number as well. Um, uh, and so it's actually a Green MSP who has, uh, I think, was essentially forced to, or at least heavily persuaded to, become uh, uh, the presiding officer yesterday because no party was willing to put somebody forward in the first instance because nobody wanted, the balance of power is so tight that nobody wanted to lose yeah. an MSP. So eventually um, uh, um, the Green MSP was put forward and, and that's been really an interesting dynamic. Um, and what it, what it leaves uh, is the SNP with 64 and every other opposition party with 64 out of the 129 MSPs. So the presiding officer, in case of a tie, um, she gets a vote uh, in case of a tie. The tradition indicates that she will always or normally vote on behalf of the government because that's, uh, you know, you're trying to progress things. So that, that happened this week. Uh, next week on Tuesday, we're expecting Nicola Sturgeon to be sworn in as First Minister. Um, and then on Thursday, which will be the 20th, uh, we're expecting the announcement of the Cabinet Secretaries, so the, the, the senior roles. It's very difficult to see that there won't be a major reshuffle there because uh, there are a wide range of senior SNP figures who have retired from the Scottish Parliament. So um, that doesn't necessarily hit um, the area of uh, rural affairs, food and drink, because Fergus Ewing, the incumbent minister, um, is, uh, is still in the Parliament and is likely to have a, um, a Cabinet role. Uh, but there will be uh, a change in uh, the economy brief, probably. There will definitely be change in the brief around the Constitution, where Mike Russell, a huge advocate, um, is gone. Uh, and also in health, where Jean Freeman, who was the, the uh, health secretary, um, has left the Parliament as well. So quite a lot, I think, of change and a lot of probably new people promoted into positions. But we won't hear about that until next Thursday. And uh, then it's the week after for junior ministers, some of which are really important. Um, uh, environment minister, uh, um, junior minister is really important for us because they'll take on the uh, deposit return system. And of course, the public health junior minister is really important because they'll be responsible for any uh, diet and obesity work. Yeah, it's, it's one thing you, you touched on there, you're talking about retirements. I mean, this is the, effectively the first time I've really got that interested into it and uh, you sort of give my interest in politics a new level. But one of the things that came out startled for me was nearly a third of the members, there's only 60 members of the Senate, 40 of them have got constituencies, 20 of them have got uh, regional positions. But actually 19 or almost a third of, of those uh, members of the Senate are new. So I think I, I think I, I don't know if that's a higher number. I have nothing to benchmark that against. So I don't know if that's a higher intake or what do you think? I, I think it's um, I, I think it's we're we're at a generational point. So both of our parliaments were founded in 1999, um, and the people who were there uh, came in in their 30s and 40s are now at retirement age. So there's a generational point there um, where the um, uh, you know those who've been there a long time. Have uh, decided to leave just because of the, the uh, because of their age. I think the the other thing is um, uh, it only tends to happen when parties get surprise successes that you get lots of new people. So in both in Scotland and Wales, I mean Labour have had a surprise success, but it's not really changed the guard, has it? Um, yeah. uh, in Scotland, it's not really changed the guard either. So actually, it's more about just people um, deciding to step down. A few people in the Scottish Parliament have decided to step down um, uh, who are much younger. 
And that's because they don't view it as family friendly enough. So there's a there's a cabinet minister, Ian Campbell, uh, stepped out, um, and uh, a, a very good friend of the FDF, Gail Ross, uh, who uh, was one of the co-chairs of our uh, parliamentary group. Uh, she also stepped down because they did not feel that they, being an MSP uh, and being very far away from their homes in the north of Scotland, uh, was conducive with their young families. So, and th those are both real losses, I think. I was, I was interested, Pete, in. Um, uh, so, what do you think this massive change uh, in the kind of function of government that you've outlined earlier? What does that mean? Do you think for policies that the FDF will be interested in? I think I think first of all, just just to just to just before we go to the policies, David, just to put one other interesting dynamic is part of the cabinet reshuffling is is for the last two first ministers, one in force, one intentional, the first minute the first minister had passes the baton in the middle of the parliament. So Mark Drakeford's likely to pass the baton, say a couple of years, two and a half years. And, and so you've got to then look at who is then the potential number two and, and who has been put into different briefs. So Jeremy Miles has been been moved from Constitutional Legal Council into Education and Welsh, for example, Welsh language. You've got uh, Vaughan Gethin in Economy. I forgot to mention the Leonard Morgan, who's taken over the health portfolio and social care portfolio. So, you know, there's some interesting changes there. In terms of the policies for us, um, Welsh Government have been for some time now extremely passionate on the recycling, on the environmental topics. Uh, you know, Wales is actually, I mean, it's, it's again something you don't know until you get in the middle of it, but Wales is actually number three recycler in the world, percentage, and it wants to get to number one. And it's really proud of that, and the Welsh Government are really proud of that. So, in terms of, from our perspective, the, the food sectors, the net zero dynamic is going to be extremely important, David. Welsh Government is trying to, to move as quickly as it can. It's actually set out some timetable, but it's still interestingly drawn at the 2050. If you look to the different policies, Welsh Labour policy was 2050 you know we, we, are, we are going to be talking as FDF about 2040 so from that point of view there's, there's, there's aspects there but we really need to engage I mean we're quite fortunate we've just kicked off this decarbonisation task and finish group and we're part of that so from that point of view we get a chance to, to contribute if you like um, on the on the, the the business support side and skill side both devolved aspects is it, Welsh Government is, is a real supporter of the food and drink sector in Wales. I mean, the food and drink sector in Wales is predominantly SME businesses. So, and, and if you think of the the move to r rural economies, I think there's going to be more focus on, for example, procurement strategy, David. I'm sure that they're going to start looking at, at procuring. So, so for example, the Welsh, the Welsh, um, say the health and education sector, their procurement roughly, I think it's about 46% of what they buy in food and drink comes from Wales. The rest of it's from outside. So I would anticipate that they would be looking to do something about that. So we need to think about that. Um, for us in Wales, fair work and employment practices and, and, and that whole nature is, is being reinforced out of COVID. So, so the nature of some of the challenges in Wales when we had the experiences of COVID, of, of, of uh, you know, the outbreaks of COVID were very much considered there was room for improvement in terms of how that whole aspect was managed. So I think that we're going to look at that. I think the the diet and health agenda for FDF and for, for our sector is going to be absolutely fundamental. You know, Welsh Government are, are, are looking at the health of the nation, there's no doubt about that, and they will look at things like promotions, they will look at things like uh, potential labelling challenges and see where that goes. So I think 
there's a lot there's a lot to go at i mean uh, to a certain degree I, I'm, I'm glad i'm here now and i'm not I, i've been here for a, for a bit of time now so i'm a bit under the table rather than starting now um but so so that's as you can see a, a pretty a pretty significant agenda how was the situation in scotland because you guys have got a similar position but maybe different priorities um, well, I'll pick up on that on that kind of just transition and, and social uh, and fair work element as well. So um, I think there are two elements to pick up there that are going to be central to the way that the SNP in particular legislates and in particular um, deals with economic issues. So so the first is around um, net zero. So we already know that there'll be a ministerial post for net zero. Uh, Nicola Sturgeon published a 100 days document setting out what she wanted to do in her first 100 days. And, and net zero was written through that. Obviously, um, we've got COP26 in Glasgow, uh, but the Scottish government um, uh, like the Welsh um, uh, government, were very keen uh, to declare a climate emergency um, several years ago. So this is this is a time where that comes home to roost, I think. Um, but also the concept of fair work, an idea that it's a just transition where um, you know workers are supported and the people of Scotland are supported through that transition. So um, uh, in particular, huge swathes of uh, um, uh, the industry. Uh, don't uh, um, uh, lose out as a, uh, as a result and the, the people working for them. And in Scotland, we've got a particular problem, obviously, with the prevalence of oil and gas um, in, in the northeast and near Aberdeen. So so all of that is, are going to be tricky and difficult things for the, um, the government to deal with. Um, they've set a commitment to do it, um, uh, but it has huge ramifications all across the piece. It has ramifications for uh, supporting the food and drink businesses, uh, pretty clear signals from civil servants already that um, unless you've got some net zero uh, uh, plan in place or are committed to doing so uh, earlier than the 2050 legislative uh, um, thing across the UK, in Scotland the legislation is 2045, um, then it's going to be really difficult to justify giving public money to that sort of project. So we're already beginning to see um, things that have been threats, maybe opportunities, uh, uh, beginning to become real in, in, in that agenda. Um, and I think the other thing is, um, uh, like you, uh, the health and nutrition thing across um, uh, England, Scotland and Wales is, is very complex um, with different legislation in different parts of the UK, uh, potentially affecting companies in a, in a, in a different way. Um, and uh, beyond that, I think on business support, like Wales, uh, Scotland has for 15 years been a great supporter of its food and drink industry um, I think that relationship is going to continue but it's going to become more complicated and tougher in particular around questions around health um, and the environment. From a Welsh perspective Pete are you um, uh, you know how are you going to engage with uh, the new parliamentarians and the new government going forward? Yes, it's, it's, it's a good question because we're, we're just formulating a way forward, David. I mean, FDF Cymru is a, a relatively young animal um, and basically we're going to, we're looking to reach out to the new members of the Senate. We're lo looking to reach out to the new ministers. We're fortunate because I've been working in the sector for more than 10 years. I've got a certain amount of relationships that we can continue and, and evolve. But I, I, we'd like to create a, a, a food and drink group within the Senate. Uh, there is a food group at the moment it doesn't tend to focus on manufacturing it tends to focus more on the on the more agricultural end of things and the more 
and local rural types of things, and we'd like to create a group of interested members. Uh, we think they think there's there's some fundamental areas where they've got big employers and they're a huge significant part of the the community for food and drink, and we'd like to try and get members to to create a group to engage with that. Uh, obviously, we'll be looking at this climate change and. Um, and the rural affairs portfolio, also economy, because from our perspective, we want to try and we need to have a combination, David, of, of proactive engagement and reactive engagement. So there are going to be areas where we, we really want to make sure that we're as close as we possibly can. And there will be areas where where it's more appropriate for us to react. Um, and we're just formulating that strategy. I mean, the other thing in terms of engaging with not just the political Political aspect of things, but the the business side of things is obviously we're looking to drive this this uh, automation agenda. We're looking to drive the work that we're doing with AMRC um, to, to to help help the technology because one of the things that Welsh government definitely will provide is a COVID recovery plan. But but rather than just a plan or a strategy which they've already put in place of eleven points, I think they're going to try and put some financial support for business behind that. And what we have to do is try and give business the the help to make sure they grasp the right technology to, to effectively help them be more efficient, which plays into the net zero agenda to a certain degree. So FDF Cymru is, 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 is a few work streams from that point of view. Uh, but for me, in terms of the political environment, it's just about getting to know the guys better, understanding how they think, understanding what their priorities are and trying to match those priorities with the priorities of our sector. How about yourself? You've been doing this a lot longer than I have. You've, you've already got your playbook. You just pull it out um, and go, right, okay, yeah, here we go. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think that was a backhanded compliment. Um, it was. We, it was uh, a compliment. Uh, <laughs> we are. Um, yeah, I mean, we um, already have strong relationships with ministers, as, as, you, as you do. The key question is, if there are, in particular, if there are new ministers, um, then we'll be, uh, we'll, we'll be engaging with them and seeking to get um, uh, appointments with them. That's... Um, uh, in particular, with the cabinet secretary for uh, uh, rural affairs and, and food and drink, who is probably likely to be Fergus Ewing. So, so we've already got an exceptionally good relationship with him, uh, yeah. with junior ministers and with the public health minister. So, um, all of that uh, um, are likely to be our first ports of call. Um, but one one thing I'd pick up on is uh, going back to that huge turnover in members of the Scottish Parliament, as you've got MSs in, in Wales, is. Actually, there's a lot to be done to educate the rank and file uh, MSPs and MSs about the needs of the manufacturing, the food manufacturing industry, because actually in Scotland, there's a good idea of kind of the social issues around food. There's a good idea of farming and to a lesser extent fishing, but manufacturing, there's a bit of a blank and quite a lot of people need to understand the value of manufacturing uh, and get support to understand what, what manufacturing businesses actually uh, actually need and want. And that's always a constant uh, theme of the work that we do with uh, members of the Scottish Parliament. It's interesting that you say that, because after the, after the sort of year and a bit that I've been, I've been in this position, that's the one thing that I've noticed, is the, the terminology around food manufacturing seems to be other food processors. Now, in Wales, we have a significant part of our economy, which is is actually around more the meat packing processing. And actually, I used to work for a company called Don Meats in the meat processing area. So so I understand that's a big part of the Welsh economy. But for us, we need to be seen as as, as, as an added value, high value manufacturing, high skills type of type of sector. Um, and we did it to give you an example. We did a hustings with the four, four you know, terrific terrific contributors from main parties in Wales before the election and I'd say the word processing probably came up about 15 times and the word manufacturing was never mentioned so I think you're not alone I think that's a common journey and and I think you're right to say that every time you get a new intake you should sort of d dial up that 
dial up that rhetoric and dial up that support and dial up that try, attempt to engage more understanding. Because I'm quite proud I used to make food. I didn't used to process food. I used to make food. It used to go on people's breakfast tables in the morning. They used to bite and stick some milk in and off they go. And that's that takes a lot of doing. It takes a lot. Of, there's a lot of clever people that, that make that happen. And and for me, that's the that's a real for me. That's a sort of ambition of FDF Company is that that, that we are able to change that dynamic in Wales. That's that's brilliant, Peter. So it, it's why I'm really proud to be able to do this job because of the passion of people who are actually in the food industry and the and the high quality of the stuff that we make. It, it makes it really easy for me to do this job because of that because of that passion. We should probably uh, instead of rattling on like two old Scottish blokes, we should probably um, uh, so, um, uh, come to an end. But um, uh, is there anything you want to say? The last word? No, I, I'm looking. I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to, to working together. To be honest with you, I'm looking forward to, to taking the sector on. I mean, it's one of those things you either see this as an op- uh, challenges as opportunities or, or challenges as challenges, and I see challenges as opportunities. So I'm really excited to get cracking on. I think uh, food and drink in Wales, number two employer, can make a massive difference to the the whole economy of Wales, and I think the FDF company can play a significant part in that. Brilliant, and I, I would I would agree with that. I think the next few years are going to be critical uh, to the food and drink industry in Scotland um, and across the whole of the UK, actually. And I think um, you know we need to make sure that we're on our front foot, supporting the industry and making sure it's heard in the corridors of power in in uh, London, but more more importantly in Cardiff and Edinburgh. Thanks very much, Pete. It's been uh, brilliant to to have a chat. <laughs> Thanks, David. Cheers. <laughs>